Because you were kind of an early influencer. I don't, I would assume you didn't go into this thinking any of that was going to happen. Influencing wasn't even a thing. Right. Like, I remember emailing like the Redkins in the world, like trying to get $200 from them. Like, <laughs> everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. This episode is sponsored by Card Shears, a reputable brand born in Switzerland, created by Mike Card. Card Shears are made with the highest end and most durable Japanese steel that work for dry and wet cutting. We decided to team up with Card because of their unique approach to handcrafted shears, customer service, and a simple love for the hairdresser. Tap the link in the episode description to receive a special DTH promotion for your new shears. We promise you'll love them. I just got a new customized booking website. That's genius. Yeah, Gloss Genius. Gloss Genius has one of the lowest processing fees in the industry at 2.6% with no hidden fees and free same-day deposits. DTH listeners get their first month free on us as well as your very own stunning credit card reader, an $80 value. To sign up, visit dth.glossgenius.com. Sid, you and I now are no longer really in the studio that much because you've officially moved to Chicago. I have. I've moved away. (laughs) And now, you know, when pandemic hit, we were doing everything on Zoom like we are right now. But when the pandemic hit, we thought to ourselves, you know, we'll do this until it's over and then we'll get back to the studio. And I think the pandemic really just taught us we can work from anywhere and and connect with everyone this way. I love it. I love a good Zoom. You know, we did a lot of stuff in in the studio, but I love being able to connect with our guests everywhere around the world via the internet. Like, if you would have told my baby, I still don't know how to fully use it. I have no idea how the cloud works. It's an (laughs) alien being. I have no idea how the internet works. But I'm with it. <laughs> but I, I'm excited that we actually get to use this technology. I think it's really helped us meet more people. And though we're not always in the studio, we are sometimes, um, it's nice to be able to sit at home and chat with everyone. And I am especially excited about today's guest. Me We've too. talked about bringing her on for a very long time. You all know her as the Confessions of a Hairdresser. Hairstylist? Hairstylist. Hairstylist. We, I, we're destroy the hairdresser. <laughs> Confessions of a hairstylist. Um, Jenny Streb is with us. Is it Streb? It's Streby. That's okay. Oh my gosh. Oh my. I always <laughs> thought Everyone it, gets that wrong though, so don't feel bad. Oh my God. I've always called you Jenny Streb. That's no okay. one's ever corrected me until you did. <laughs> it's like when you do that to celebrities, like they never say anything. And then finally they're like, you know, my name's actually... Jason instead Reha- of Jason. Like Rihanna? Rihanna? Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's not Rihanna. We keep saying Re- it's Rihanna. So, so anyways. society, we're assholes <laughs> for not respecting someone's name. So it's Jenny, Jenny Streeby. That's what it is. There you go. We <laughs> are excited to have you on. We also are excited to see you, your beautiful hair. We want to know yes. what's going on in your life. Um, give us an update. Give us the an update for our followers, for your followers. What's been going on? What's it look like for you right now? I mean, my life is a little all over the place, but I mean that in a very good way. Good. Um, I'm currently not doing hair behind the chair um, anymore. Doesn't that feel good? It's, yeah, it does. I thought I was going <laughs> to miss it 
more than I do, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And I, I miss my clients. I miss my friends, but it does feel good. It feels really good. So, Why did you take a break? Um, really because of my product company air is just really has been evolving and taking off and I needed to be a hundred percent present with it. So that's really what I've been up to is growing the product company that I developed and actually really enjoying the business side of things. So we were talking before we started airing and I was saying like, you're known for, you know, a lot of those viral hairstyling videos from the past six years and, you know, who you were six years ago, seven years, 10, even 10 years ago, isn't who you are right now. And I think, you know, it happens a lot of times, especially when you have a lot of influence on social media, where everyone expects you to be that same person that they originally connect with. And I've loved watching your journey and seeing you evolve and really taking on this more, um, it just seems like healthy and spiritual and internal and like vulnerable in a very truthful way. And I, I love it. And I think through that birthed your, your product company. And so I would love to hear about that kind of journey of transitioning from one to the other. Yeah. I mean, it's a good and juicy one. I mean, rewinding back to five years ago, that was kind of like, what some would consider like the peak of my career. I was doing all the braids. I was doing all the updos and I was getting on stage for different brands. And it was probably the most like unsatisfying part of my whole entire career. While it looks like everything was going great on the outside, it wasn't in the inside. Like I felt like everything was so transactional and, you know, these brands wanted me to do what I'm known for on my social. And it's like the same thing braid over and over. And as an artist who wasn't even a braid specialist to begin with, I'm actually a cutting specialist. I worked for Tony and Guy back forever ago. And um, I just got very complacent and I wasn't happy. And then all the other things intermixed with being an influencer. And I just had this kind of moment where I'm like, there isn't really a brand that I'm resonating with. And someone had approached me about creating my own brand and I laughed. I was like, no, not in the cards for me, like not even into it. And then it took about eight or nine months to kind of let that sink in. And then I had this like pivotal moment where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that because I felt like something was lacking within my career at that time, because I don't think a lot of people realize how hard it actually is being an influencer. Like it can be very difficult difficult. And, you know, again, five like years all eyes ago, you all the time. Yeah. And I've been doing it for nine to 10 years, mm-hmm. small town girl. Like, you know, I, I was like totally the skater chicken high school. Like I wasn't the popular one, like having all these eyes on me constantly was definitely very difficult. And, um, I don't know. It just got intermixed in so many different emotions. And I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I was actually depressed. I, I, hated it to be honest with you did you get pigeonholed into one thing Mm -hmm. is that what you think happened a hundred percent and what was interesting back then um i don't know if you guys know who effie davies is do you know who that is yeah the name is yeah extraordinaire like she's done london fashion week forever anyway she's tony and guys london's like top educator. And I met her at a park actually here in Scottsdale. So she had moved to Scottsdale 
just very temporary, like for a year. And I met her at the park with her daughter and I had my daughter. They became best friends. Me and her became best friends. And I started getting more into like editorial hair and kind of really clinging into what or leaning into what she was doing. And I've assisted her at London Fashion Week. Anyways, what I'm getting at, then I kind of started changing my content to be a little bit more editorial. And guess what? Everyone hated it. Of they course they it. did. <laughs> they changed it up. And it's people don't change. It's harder than doing a fishtail pulled out <laughs> like crazy that I can literally do with my eyes closed, put some texture spray in there, and, you know, it can go viral. So It's, it was it's interesting weird. what people like. You know, I it kind of, it translates into other areas. Even, even with personal social, you know, if you post a picture of, great hair that you've done no one really likes it yeah you post a selfie blows up right we've literally posted like vogue and everyone's like you're trash and then you (laughs) post like me and my dog and it's like oh my god and i'm like what do you want from me people yeah there's a just want you that's it yeah there's a level of also like consistency i think people get really comfortable with like this is what this person's mm-hmm. known for this is what this person does and then when you start to venture out of that their brains kind of like they, they can't handle they could go it. to your page every time and learn the exact same thing or you know be able to implement it and when you were like hey artist let's do something different let's try something new they weren't having it and you said that you were you know it was making you kind of depressed did Like what was your journey with kind of finding your way out of that pigeonhole that you had found yourself in? Because you were kind of an early influencer. I don't, I I would assume you didn't go into this thinking any of that was going to happen. No, influencing wasn't even a a thing. Like I remember emailing like the Redkins in the world, like when I had 150,000 subscribers on YouTube, like trying to get $200 from them. Like, (laughs) To do a video, like, and they they weren't even having it. They were like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, no one wants to do the same thing, like, over and over. And I think as artists, like, it's really important to evolve. But I think back then, too, it was like the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Like, right. people were coming at you, like, politics, like, people were dangling carrots, like, come do this. And if you didn't align with them, suddenly, like, you got gaslighted like that, yep. all of that stuff happened and it happened a lot. And it happened from big names because I didn't align with them on a personal level or like really business level. Like I am very intuitive. I feel like I mm-hmm. have a really good judge of character. So I just like was uneasy about it all. I didn't feel like some brands and not all, cause I worked with a lot of fantastic brands, but had my best interest at heart. They wanted my followers. They wanted me to just stay in this you money. You were a money marketer. Like you could bring yes. and sell them more product. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it was, do you feel like it is different now than it was? You feel like it's been figured out like the influencing. Cause I don't think influencing is going to go away. Like, do you feel like they've, there's more support for influencers or do you think it's still the wild west out there? I don't think it's necessarily the wild west. I think there's a lot of people taking advantage of 
influencers now. So back when I was doing it, contracts were being thrown and like people dangling carrots, like come over to my dark side, you know, like, <laughs> like I'll promise you X, Y, and Z. And like, you don't ever get that carrot at the end of the stick, you right. know, but now I think that there's definitely programs good and bad, but I think there's a lot of programs out there to, and and I'm talking about influencer programs or ambassador programs that actually do more harm than good. I don't think they pay the influencer the worth. I think that these, like the perception of you're not a good hairstylist unless your influencer is the thing. So like they don't care if they're getting $50 to do all these things or whatever that value is they just want to have that title of being an influencer or be recognized by whoever, you know, it's like the new, it's like the modern day, like working for free working. Like when they would ask to do magazines, like, Oh, we're not going to pay you because it's such great exposure. Now Mm -hmm. it's just that, but on a a larger scale and with, with more people that are willing to do that. So actually it's so much more valuable to have 3000 people and all of those people to be giving you $1 a month, you know, yeah. is having over, you know, a million followers that aren't buying into what you're selling. So right. it's, what's really more valuable? And unless your, your, your millions of people like are buying into what you're selling, then you need to shift. And that needs to, I mean, David and I ask ourselves that all the time. I'm like, we have a small following, but we're like, how can we make our following be profitable and not just following. Like, how can we we increase the percentage of how many followers we have to how much money is coming into the bank? Yeah. And I think that's important when you're looking at social. I mean, you don't want everything to be about that, but when your mm-hmm. business is social media, I mean, that's really- Social what, media is a job. We should get paid for it. Yeah. That, that's really what it comes down to. And mm-hmm. you so when Air was kind of born out of what it sounds like was an exodus from- what you were doing before. Is that safe? Yeah. To say? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, and the kind of the story and just on that was like, I was feeling really low. I'll admit it. Like I was depressed. I was confused. Like I, um, you know, was unsure of the next moves, but I've always been kind of an independent and always done my own branding and whatnot. So my mother-in-law who's a gemologist has always given me like little pocket stones, like keep a piece of amethyst in your pocket to keep, you know, you emotionally balanced, or here's a piece of tourmaline, or here's a uh, onyx ring to keep negativity away. And I just had this like moment at a hair show where I was like, gosh, like this is so emotionally draining. I'm like, Oh, I have my amethyst. (laughs) And I put my hand in my pocket as a little reminder. And I was like, shit, that's it. Yeah. If I can, that automatically made me feel better, placebo effect or not. I mean, now I'm like really like feel like I dove into like the crystal knowledge or whatnot, but that made me feel good at the moment. And I'm like, that's what's missing. Like you can make your hair beautiful all you want, wear all the clothes, get all the designer things, but if you don't feel good inside, like what's the point of all the others? And right. I call it burnout. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. And I called the person that originally wanted me to do the hair product line and told them the concept like right away. And the first response he got was like, Oh, you think like people are like going to be into crystals or holistic herbs. And yes. 
I was like, You're like yeah. have you seen America right now? <laughs> but mind you, this was five years ago. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. And as accepting as it is now. We're, we're just so, now leaning into the spiritual culture. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's crazy because um, then I, you know, got in contact with my now business partner, Devin, because she's been in product development for so long with a different manufacturer. And I like held my breath. And I, when I called her, I was like, okay, I have this crazy idea. And I was like, God, what is she going to say? She's going to think I'm a weirdo. And I was like, I have this idea. I want to do crystals in a hair care line. And she was like, yes. Like I couldn't even finish what I was going to say. That's really cool. I mean, I, you know, I had heard about crystals for years um, from friends and family and very open to it. And I'm always very skeptical of, I'm like, yeah, I'm again, like, is it a placebo effect? Is it real? But then kind of the same thing, you know, researching, you know, energetically, it's not, it's a science. There are energies coming off of crystals. It's proven. And Sid and I were traveling one time and I, someone had given me also a a big chunk of, I think it was Onyx actually. It was like all black and I had it in my backpack and I, put it through the um we were also x-ray. on tour and running late just to set the mood yeah, it was a very anxious day or evening i don't even know what time it was and i throw my bag through the x-ray machine and they said you have water in here and i said no i don't have i don't have water i don't have any water in there <laughs> and they open it and they're looking around my backpack for water and they're like oh you have crystals in here and i was like, like yeah what? and they're like you want to see what it looks like on an x-ray machine and crystals because of the vibration that comes off of them it looked it was like it looked like a pile of water what that is so cool i know and we are water what does it do to us like it was such a powerful little like realization i was like looking at it like i mean i i i felt connected to it before but there was just that visual that was just like they're like oh yeah we see this all the time and it was Mm -hmm. such a powerful moment to kind of see the energy of what was coming off or at least, you know, what was coming off and being picked up by something that's job is to shoot energy through some, something. So it was a really interesting concept. And so having that in the back of my mind and thinking about your products, it's a really interesting concept to me. And how did you start infusing crystals into products? I think people are really curious about that. that. Science, yeah. Woo! That was like, <laughs> I had to do my own research. Is this a (laughs) two-parter? Yeah, I know. Seriously. Um, I mean, I'm that person, and I think most females are, maybe both of you guys are, I don't know. But like when someone says no, or like that's not a possibility, it's more attractive to me. I'm like, oh, Oh, wait. Yeah. We love a good questioning moment. Yes. So I um, had a conversation with my lab. So like the scientists, and I'm like, is this a possibility. And they were like, for what reason? And I'm like, well, for crystal reasons. Well, what is it going to do with the hair? What is it going to, you know, like the conversation yeah. was like the funniest I've ever had. So I had to like go to a local gemologist in Scottsdale and have him pulverize crystals, like to it, like a micro powder. Um, and I had to send it to my lab. Like I had to say, wow. no, it can be, I don't even remember the nano something micro dust and had to send a bunch of crystal rocks to my lab and say, no, this is what I'm talking about. It put it in the smoothing cream for that iridescent kind of look throughout it. And, and anyway, it's also in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they um, finally figured it out. So we have two different ways that it's done. So it's done 
actually like the, it's not like a powder, but it's like a micro particle almost. So that's put in there that way. And then it's, there's some that is actually extracted from the crystal itself and into a liquid form and then put into the products as well. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, that is such a a unique idea. Have you seen any other product lines even touching on this? Or considering Not yet. It. I'm sure it's coming. I mean, when I first launched, I trademarked first crystal infused hair care line because I know it's probably coming and especially now, you yeah. know, but I mean, it's crazy too, because five years ago, just kind of feeling, you know, the amethyst and feeling good. And now what I know, like Elon Musk right now is trying to extract lithium from mica for an mm-hmm. energy source. Like yeah. if Elon Musk like knows that there's energy in like crystals, why is there why is it so woo-woo to think that the vibration or energy with crystals can't work with, with our own energy, you know? Right. Now it's gone into like a whole yeah. different thing It's for like me. the people that won't walk through the x-ray machine at the airport, but they don't believe crystals have energy. It's like, yeah, it's the same. <laughs> it's all, it's particles. <laughs> to kind of go backwards a little bit. So it sounds like the whole idea of crystals and all that was coming from this it seemed like there was some burnout or overwhelm or anxiety or depression. What was that journey like for you? Cause I know that so many creative people, so many that people that listen to our podcast, this is the one thing when anyone touches on their experience with this, it really helps them kind of, you know, cause I think we look at influencers, especially like perfect. They're doing well, they're happy, they're healthy. Why can't I do as many things as they're doing? But I think that honesty of like there, there was some burnout and there was, a little bit of a dark side to the industry and the influencing part. What was it like to go through that? What was your experience with that? And I think now that we know that the crystals were kind of born from that, how did that all kind of come together? Well, um, I'm all, that was a lot of questions. Sorry. It was. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> My brain's like, stay on task, Jenny. Uh, really back then, like, I knew something needed to change. Listen, like I wasn't feeling good. I never (laughs) felt that way. I mean, obviously we all have our moments where we feel low, but it was like my lowest low. Like I needed to change something. And so I actually, um, I started going to therapy. I'll go ahead and say big advocate of, uh, therapy. So I started seeing a therapist. We love it. Also loved crystals, by the way, she would always be like, here, take some tourmaline. So it was like really (laughs) ironic and funny that that just happened to work out that way. And I started changing my behaviors. I started changing kind of my (laughs) mindset and reframing everything. And it was a lot of work and I'm still on that journey today. Like I know said, you had said when we weren't recording that you see me kind of on this new journey and I have been, but I'm not a fan of, okay, let's go to a, a weekend retreat and have fix, fix everything. Right. It takes time and it takes like, you know, a long time to create and form new habits. And I Mm -hmm. think it's really important to say that because people might be feeling sad or depressed or burned out or whatnot. And it's okay that you're not better tomorrow or the next day or the next week. It could take time. I feel like air is that like breakup record that we've all been waiting for you. You know what I mean? Like, and I used to love when my favorite musicians would go through something traumatic. And I know that sounds awful because the record after it was just like, 
your anthem for that year. Right. So I feel like (laughs) you coming out with this product line is like that embodiment of all that you were going through, all that trauma, all that depression. And you were like, I'm creating something beautiful around it. And it's so, it's heartbreaking to me that as hairdressers and being artists that you would get any pushback for that because, you know, I think that makes you more relatable. I think that it's so impressive. It's such an empowering journey. Like, you know, especially as women, like, I'm like, yes, get it. Like, so I working with some of my clients are celebrities and they can't venture out from what they look like. Yeah. The clothes they wear, this, they, as much as they want to, I think we're seeing it more now with all the non-binary and all the different genders that are Mm -hmm. people that are kind of presenting. It's kind of breaking those rules, especially in Hollywood, which is really interesting to watch. But some celebrities like that, that, that I work with, we have to do the same thing because contractually it has yeah. to look a certain way. It makes way. me wonder if Gwen Stefani wants to be that blonde for the rest <laughs> of her life. Like, you know, like I love being a blonde, but I've, I, you know, like, I feel like she's even trapped in it, but it's, yeah, I think that's, you know, I even was talking to my, my girlfriend about this. She's like, Oh my God, I love your, like your style and how, like, you know, this year you kind of embodied like a new style. And, we started like looking at pictures like over the past couple of years. And it's like, when I even go back like 10 years, like I'm so, my brain is so creative that like every year it's almost like a new me of what I'm going through. And not that I'm having like an identity crisis. It's just like, I'm just, or are we maybe, I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, I think every year as I grow and I become more elevated, I'm, I'm growing into something new and I'm expressing that through clothes or hair. And I, I feel like we need to, I, I don't know why hairdressers forget that. <laughs> I think it's scary for our audiences going like, that's why the celebrity can't change their hairstyle because the audience can't handle that change for like, they, it, it freaks them out. And so I can imagine Jenny, like being an influencer, people being like, I don't want you to do anything new. I want you're th- you're this person for me. You're this thing for me. And when you're like, well, I also do um, editorial and I also have a product line. And I also have these things. What were people's responses to you breaking out into? I know you said editorial people weren't really having it. There was a reaction to it. What about when you, you know, when you launched your product line? Um, It got like a little weird. I think, People got weirded out with the crystals at first, to be honest with you. Um, I did get some like weird comments or DMs or whatever. Um, But really, I think it was, I had people also say like, you're always plugging your product line or you're always talking about air. And I'm like, because it's mine. Like, (laughs) Why I'm self-funded. I left. I can't imagine if someone said like, you always talk about DTH. I'm like, like, I wouldn't know what to do. (laughs) That's so insane that someone, that people were saying that to you. Like, yeah, you're plugging it. You worked hard on it. It's yeah. I worked hard and I drained my bank account at $68 in my account after I funded it before Mm -hmm. Christmas. Like, hell yeah. I'm going to talk about it because I didn't make money. money. I got two kids. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely weird. And I don't, I mean, cause I definitely feel like I've d- dropped off um, quite a few followers, but I think it's a mix of all of that, you know, like maybe people just came to, to see my free education or that same grade over and over and over again. 
maybe they came to hear my inspirational whatever, or because I worked with this product company, but now shifting and talking about business, talking about like wellness, talking about the crystals. And then I think semi people, I don't know what better word for it is, but then jealous, but there's people like, Oh, like who does she think she is? She can have a product line. I'm going to drop yeah. off. It. You know, like there's probably a little bit hate of all of that. I hate. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, that's so interesting to me too, because I think the assumption is that when you gain a following, we've had this experience too, where people love us until we say something they don't like. And, you know, I don't even feel like you're even doing that. I think you're just kind of like, you're actually bringing more to the table. Uh, like here, I created something really awesome for our industry, and they're just like <laughs> burner at the stake. Like <laughs> it's a it's a very interesting, you know, reaction that people are having as the company keeps growing. Who do you see are new people that are coming into the product line, or who are the new users? Are younger people more interested in it uh, because crystals are more common and more talked about now? Is it is it becoming more popular? Like. What's the relationship people are having with it now? I mean, to be honest with you, it blows my mind. It's well-received across the younger generation and the older generation. And I'm blown away. It's anybody that wants to impact their life and their clients in a different way than just good hair. They want to create this like uh, wellness lifestyle or this wellness messaging in their salons like we just had our an event a few months ago and people were like they felt like it was a therapy weekend and we did two sessions of hair and the rest was business we talked a lot about how to bring kind of that wellness and healing element into your space and there were people like of all ages and all salons, the big salon owners and the little studio booth renters, but people that were so sick of the pandemic, they were so sick of what other companies were offering that they were ready for something new and fresh. And it didn't matter like really necessarily what it was, but they're ready to evolve as people. We've seen that too. I mean, as coaches, we thought for sure our company was going to go under during the pandemic. It was a good run. And, and actually, then that was not the case. Yeah, it was the opposite. People were so like, I want to take my business more seriously. Mm-hmm. I want to really make money. Like it, it just put everything, one's life into perspective about how much you need to make, how much, what do you actually want in your life? You know, healthy, being healthy became like, that was what was under attack was our health. And it just kind of put everything into perspective. So wh- my biggest question kind of during this whole thing, and it's been brought up a few times was all those brands that are helping us weren't really there during the pandemic for people. They did not show the, up. The big, the big brands, the, the ones that have the money to, to help us. Or um, they switched into affiliate links and then took it away. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of, and I think that's another thing is people are like, you know, your product line being self-funded. People are like, I'm way more interested now to be more socially conscious about who I'm giving my money to and, you know, who it's supporting we don't need to, you know, I don't think people are interested in supporting big companies. Like, you know, I won't even use names. People aren't so interested in supporting them because yeah, there's too much. There's a lot. It used to be like, like, Oh, you're supporting that small brand. You need to be with big one. And like, I love this. Like we're in stranger things, like in the upside down, like it's like, now (laughs) we're like screw big companies. Let's, you know, really focus on elevating our communities and the people within our community. And let's kind of create this, 
evolved kind of revenue for everyone, which is great. Is there anything like, I know that you're not working behind the chair. You're not working behind the chair at all or just not as much? Not at all. At all. Do you, I'm sure people are wondering in their little minds while they're listening, will you be going back behind the chair? Will they be seeing that part of you again? Will it be resurfacing at any time? Or are you this wonderful, amazing businesswoman now that has a product line? You know, I like good challenges and I like change. And I didn't go to business school. I barely graduated from high school, went right into cosmetology school. And, you know, just backing up on my story a little bit, I was told by so many investors, no. And now I'm kind of in this, this place where I'm like, F it, like, I'm going to show you. And I really love evolving, like, mentally, but also in a way that I thought I could never. And that is in the business side of things. So I'm definitely going to stay focused on that. I'll probably still do hair. Mm-hmm. I'll still do content. I'm sure I'll do hair. Education. There, mm-hmm, at some of our events, but I won't do hair behind the chair. I don't think. Or I know what, I won't. What do you miss the most from working behind the chair? I just miss the conversations, to be honest with you. I miss, I mean, my clients like I've been doing hair for a very long time and um, I love my clients and a lot of them, I've been through all of the things like high school graduation to marriage to like, you know, babies to funeral, like all of the things of life, life events. So I miss having those conversations with my clients, but also this is weird as the sounds the way I look at it, I'm evolving and I'm changing so much and I love my clients. I just don't think they will ever see me as the Jenny that I'm trying to be mm-hmm. instead of the 20 year old Jenny, like going out all the time, partying, like all the crazy wild stories, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's almost like I had to like, like remember that time story. and you're like, stop talking about that. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I just, I had to cut it. I, yeah. I feel, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, don't know if that makes sense, but. I think it does. It, Absolutely. It's like anyone that's evolving, people just start to kind of fall away. And some, sometimes you have to cut people out, but a lot of times I think they, they fall away naturally. And then I think the flip side of that is that you meet new people and mm-hmm. that you meet really interesting people and exciting people in the world of business for anyone listening, the world of business is very creative. And so anyone who gets really flustered, like I'm not great with numbers, um, but I think people associate business and numbers. Business is not just about numbers. It's about grabbing the crystal in your pocket and being like, we should put this in a hairspray, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We should put this in a, in a, which is you know, the creative product. aspect. How can I, these ideas be something that brings profit, right? Well, what, what would you tell people that are interested in the product realm or they are interested in getting out from behind the chair and, venturing out in different parts of the industry, but they're afraid of what that means. They're afraid of the response they're going to get. They're afraid of, are they going to lose all their clients because they no longer do the thing that everyone, you know, watches them or comes to them for? Cause I'm assuming that there was some anxiety around, like, if I stop doing this, am, am I going to be who I am still? What would you tell someone who's struggling with that? 
Well, I think it's, you know, I was having this discussion the other day with someone and I think it's really important to make sure that you're aligned with what you want to do. Like don't start a product line because you look up to me. Start a product line because you have some killer ideas. It has been a goal of yours. You're super inspired. You want to do something that's different. And that's why you create a product line or you want to start a salon or you want to do this or that. Like I hear too many people not even really understanding why they want to start a salon. They just think that that's the the peak of their career, but they're. And then they create more toxic environments. That was funny. There's so many opportunities Mm -hmm. in the realm of beauty and you can even make your own kind of pave your own way. I feel like I've done that a lot. Um, So I think people just really need to sit in what their goals truly are and like what road they want to go. And it's okay to like pivot, of course, too. I'm a firm believer of that. You can try something, you might not feel like it's right for you and you can kind of take a different course. But I think too many times people just think that's like the it factor to like have a product line or own a salon or to become Instagram famous. You need to do something with intention. Like, something that's going to really align with who you are or who you want to be or your values. You're trying to go that direction in a certain intention or value, if that makes sense. Can I answer your question? Yeah. Absolutely. It's conscious. It's something with like, rather than just starting a product line, is it a product line that is you know, going to change something in our industry or fill a void that we don't have right now or be something that's needed or even the salons. Like what we always say is how can you salon differently? How can you create emotionally intelligent um, environments as well as creating profit for not only you as the um, business owner, but the staff as well. And so I think that's, that's where we have to think of like, what's the why behind it? And you're right. So many people go into it with well, I don't want to do this anymore. What's next? I guess I'll open a salon. And, that and then yeah, that wasn't it. It's exactly. Horrible. And then there's a lot of people that get to the end of their career and they hated being a hairdresser. And that's really sad. That's really sad to <laughs> hear. Like, why did so, I do that? Yeah. I'm curious, and I'm sure everyone else is, Jenny, what is your favorite crystal? Ooh, um, that's a great question. You know, like you're wearing it on it. It changes but I feel like because like, if you know the vibrations <laughs> of crystal, it, you're really drawn to what you need at that time. You yeah. know, like a few months ago is rose quartz, like, mm-hmm. and rose quartz isn't just the crystal of love, but it can be assisting with self-love or feeling loved or just having that nurturing feeling. So that was like, you know, a few months ago, I just, there's this crystal called Lemurian um, crystal quartz. So I've been really drawn to that and I have a crazy story, but it's like literally calling to me. What's the story? It happened at the Tucson show. (laughs) (laughs) How funny, full circle. What was the the story behind the, what, Luminite? Lemurian. Lemurian. Yeah. Well, I'll try to shorten it. It sounds yeah. like something well, from Harry Potter. Come on, not everybody, but I actually um, am certified for crystal healing. I'm not going to heal anybody, but I wanted to, well, maybe <laughs> I will. I don't know, but I just wanted to gain as much knowledge as I could. So I got yeah. certified as a five day course, very intensive. And so my teacher kept on talking about Lemurian and I've never seen it to me. It looks like crystal quartz. So the first booth that I went to prior to talking to you guys, I had asked like, do you guys have Lemurian? They're like, no, but when you see it, 
you'll know you just need to tap them together and they they sing, they make this high pitched noise. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So if you tap Lumerian together, they make this high pitched noise. And are you just walking around the whole place tapping crystals to find it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was like, well, I was asking everybody like, where's L- the Lumerian? And people were like, oh, you can barely find it. It's so rare. And I was like, all right, now again, like I'm on a mission. <laughs> so I go into a sound bowl place just because a crystal sound bowl, my yoga instructor actually wanted me to price them out for her. And I was in there and the lady goes, do you want to try one? It was a yeah, crystal sound yeah. that are made out Bowl? of crystal. Mm-hmm. So the lady that worked there, I love it. she goes, do you want to try one? I'm like, I've never tried it. She's like, well, that's, this is your opportunity. So I was like doing this and I was like, whoa, I want one of these. And I was like, well, how much is it? She's like 900 bucks. And I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> what is it made out of? And she's a Lemurian. So, <laughs> but like to back up, sorry, to back up though, there were hundreds of bowls around. She goes, well, point to the one that you're drawn to. And I just went, boom, I knew exactly which one. There was only that like three crazy. Lemurian bowls in there. That is yeah. crazy. Stop. And yeah. that's the one you... No, but uh, I did you take it home? not stop thinking about it. <laughs> you may need to order it. Maybe this is the sign yes. that you need to go order it. Um, yeah. My favorite crystal is, I, I, I think I say it wrong, but Labradite. Yeah, you said it right. Labradite. Oh, Labradite. That is my favorite crystal. It's like this beautiful, milky, blue, green. It's gorgeous. I don't fully know what it means, but every time I go to a gem store or a store that sells them, that I always pick it up thinking it's, an, it's something new, and it's the same one. I'm like, oh, I like this one. You're and like, they're like, oh, oh, that's Labradite. Got I'm me like, again. oh, yeah, I already have a lot of these. <laughs> But um, you, that's funny. You should get to know what it because what why you're drawn to it is because your vibration like is similar to that. So either you need that or it's channeling you because it's vibrating at like very similar. Um, well, now I need to. Way. I gotta go. I have to go look this up. That is so cool. <laughs> Let's go right now. I want to go. There's one in the Lower East Side. Hey, this has been very very fun. Thank you so much for opening up to us, telling us your story. And I hope that the podcast shed way more light on your product company. It is self-funded. It is a small business. It is supporting an individual and their family and everyone that works under the company. Um, And I think that's really important. And I I don't think that that's going, that's not going to become a negative thing ever. That's always going to be a positive thing. And so I just think bringing that to light for people that didn't know that it's really powerful. And so I just want to thank you for being on here and talking with us and I hope that we can do this yes, again. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. You guys I'm are sure like so easy to talk to. <laughs> so, I appreciate uh, <laughs> Where can people find more about you and air and everything? What's the best way to get uh, in touch and really start diving um, into what air you're is airprofessional.com. So a I I R professional.com or Instagram is air professional um, on there double eyes and then me the confessions of a hairstylist not hairstylist yeah but i also have a blog i don't know if people, that's how i started as a blog that's how we know you that's how we know you yeah uh, but we update it twice a month you know i update it nice. with all the shenanigans so they can check me out there but it has all the links to all the things the youtube the pinterest the twitter the facebook all of it i Thank you. Yeah, there's something about Love there's it. something about the two eyes next to it, it, it works out really great. 
But yeah, again, thank you so no, much, I love it. Um, Jenny, for being with us. Obviously, if you're not following Jenny, the Confessions of a Hairstylist, and make sure that you're following, paying attention, go check out the air products. And I hope to be talking to you soon and having some follow-up conversations. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. They're checking their clients out. They're pre-booking their clients. They're taking pay. So when you have this commission salon structure and there's no front desk, your team is taking care of all that. And that's really what it should be. Mm -hmm. And I have people that are like, oh, well, my team doesn't want to take care of it. Fire them Mm -hmm. and get a new team that can critically think, has emotional intelligence, and understands the importance of personal responsibility and freedoms. (laughs) 